Hey, welcome to the After Now podcast with Tim and George. Give us a listen. What do you have to lose? Because let's be honest, you've wasted time on sketchier stuff than this before. Hey, Tim. Hey, George. I got a joke for you. Go ahead. What's your joke? What should you read if you're having too good of a day? I I don't know. What should I read if I'm having too good of a day? The current state of cryptocurrency prices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, That's actually pretty funny. <laughs> um, so, but but for our, our joke purists, there, I think we need another one. Maybe we 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 probably do, and then we need to explain why we've been on a hiatus for um, about a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, it, you know, Tim, I'm uh, I'm reading this new book on on anti gravity. It's fantastic. Okay, I, I just can't put it down. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> See, we make you work for your jokes here, man. I was like, okay. Oh, that was a good one. Um, so we have finished 10 podcasts. Yes, we have. And Believe so and, and so what's really kind of cool, this episode is going to be and we told you that all our episodes, because of the subject matter we're dealing with, changes really, really quick. And boy, have things changed. I think we've had a couple very monumental shifts that have occurred. And we kind of warned you about them or, or told you that it could happen on several of the topics that we've discussed. So right. it's really exciting to kind of... So every... 10 shows or so, uh, Tim and I were talking about it. I think we're going to kind of have a recap just because of the type of subject matter that we cover. Right, exactly. And um, I didn't help matters by by contracting COVID. So um, I not only was down for uh, two weeks, but uh, my voice was gone for three weeks. So I was useless as far as uh, being able to help George record and, and do podcasts. So we kind of took the time to take a step back and look at the state of affairs, especially with the cryptocurrency, which ironically yeah. we we talked about in our last show. And we figured we would kind of do a recap on crypto because, oh, my, wow. What? Yeah. You, and people have been talking about this for a while, but I don't uh, again. Anybody that tells you they know what's happening or going to happen. Is lying to you <laughs> because. Right no one really saw how this happened. So um, I was listening to the show and last time we were talking Bitcoin, which is kind of the mothership of crypto, if you will, was at about 40,000 bucks a coin. Right. It's now down to, a, as of today, May 21st, in the $29,000 range. Right. Which, um, that's a huge percentage. Right. That, that is, that is a, that is a huge percentage. And, um, I mean, for those of you who still invested Bitcoin at, you know, um, $300, $500, well, you're, you're doing just fine still. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. For, for those people who got in at what, 15 K, um, 20 K, you know, they're probably scratching their heads. And, you know, a lot of this, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, George, you've been a little bit closer to this than I have, has really um, kind of stemmed from stablecoin um, not being so stable. Yeah. Yeah. So going real quick, uh, they threw some numbers out. And this is back when, so at about when Bitcoin was at $32,000, because they be, be, because because be, because because they can they can track this stuff 
40% of the people that owned the current Bitcoins were underwater. So that's even more. So let's just go with that 40% number. Four out of 10 people that own their Bitcoins are losing money right now. They're upside down. So that means they, they bought it for more than it's worth right now. Right. And yeah, so so stablecoin, um, and, and we'll get into it. But stablecoin are coins that, and these are some terms, technical terms that they use, are pegged to the U.S. dollar. So the purpose of these stablecoins are to give some kind of stability and to um, try to standardize crypto. To the U.S. dollar, right? There is a gigantic failure that was kind of the catalyst of all the crypto coins just taking this huge dump. <laughs> right, right. Um, and there, there's a crypto coin called Luna, and it has a sister coin called Terra, and it was pegged to the U.S. dollar. Now, again, we talked about cryptocurrency before where it's all perceived value that mm -hmm. people have to have faith in it. Some of these cryptocurrencies honestly don't have anything behind them. What I found out is Luna actually did. Yeah, and, and both of these were relatively, I mean, when we talk about the overall scheme of, of uh, and the history of um, cryptocurrency, these were relatively newer projects too. Um, these weren't these weren't as old as Ethereum. These weren't these projects weren't right. yeah. yeah. And and a lot of people, the people who invested in these coins, from what I understand at least, were you know um, the people who really are familiar with cryptocurrency, the people who really understand how it works. You know, don't get me wrong, there were obviously outliers. There are people who are enthusiasts, but for the most part, um, this wasn't a widely um, leveraged uh, platform right now. Um, it was something that was right. emerging. Right. And like I said, there was actually some um, some value behind it. Now, the guy that started this had a bunch of Bitcoin as leverage behind the value. And because it was pegged to the U.S. dollar, what you'd want to see is that this stays close to $1 in value. Now, here's where people get cute, and this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> there, 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 there was a way, because there was a sister coin between Terra and Luna, that you could kind of switch from one to the other. I think they referred to it as minting. All right. And because people don't know what to do with cryptocurrency, rather than valuing it like a currency, like a dollar, a yen or whatever, people have started to value these like tech stocks, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is completely different because currencies really fluctuate a little bit, but not, not generally not a whole lot. So what happened was Luna had gone from the $1 peg to about $120 per coin in value. Which is very odd. Which is very odd. And because of this minting between Luna and Terra, people were finding ways to make money on the spread and and, and they were jacking with, with the fundamentals of, of this. Well, the music stopped and there weren't any chairs left. And the value of Luna just fell off the face of the earth. So let me let me get this chart here. Um, it went from $120 per coin um, to today it's worth 0 0.00678 of a cent. Yeah, so, sounds, sounds like how I invest, actually. <laughs> so if you round up, round up, because it, it's worth six-tenths of one penny 
from $120. If you look at the one week chart a week ago, it was trading at $81.07. And people bought in at that. And people had actually bought in at $120. And so when you're looking at this market, this is, uh, even though some of these coins have been around for a little bit, it's a very immature market. You've got all these speculators that have no idea how crypto works. Right. And, and they're blowing these values up. So um, again, as Tim and I said on our previous podcast, we are in no way giving you advice on what to do in terms of investing. Um, you don't be lazy, do your own homework and realize that even if you do your own homework, the market is completely wacko right now. And even though you do all your, your homework and fundamentals and all that other good stuff, it really doesn't matter because some of these things are just taking on a life of its own. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, even as of today, um, Bitcoin's trading at twenty nine thousand and change, twenty nine thousand five hundred. You know, um, you know the the next largest <laughs> um, cryptocurrency uh, is is Ethereum, and that's at nineteen hundred dollars as of today. So um, yeah, I. I, uh, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that when we had our conversation about 30 days ago, we were talking about some fundamentals to be aware of. We were talking about some things to be cautious of. And we were talking about the bottom falling out um, and falling out pretty big. You know, I just, I'm not convinced personally that uh, Bitcoin is the modality or method in which most people should be investing. I mean, clearly, um, the way it's... Uh, reacted just over the last 30 days and you know markets uh, as a whole any investment medium whether it be the stock market whether it be futures whether it be you know precious metals everything is influenced by global events and you know when there's perception of instability in the world um you know one thing is going to go up and something else is going to go down and it's yeah. you know traditionally been <laughs> It's traditionally been precious metals like gold, silver, um, platinum. Those things tend to go up in value and become more stable when there's more instability in the world. And, um, you know, it, it's pretty much proven itself. We're not making a commercial here for anything. Um, I most certainly no. am not. But um, clearly, um, you know, if you're looking for a safe harbor investment, um, cryptocurrency is not it. No. No, it, here's how you can tell how risky this investment can be. You can create a coin today. You can create a cryptocurrency yourself today. And it, it could trade on and using the Ethereum network. Um, <clears throat> and if you have enough money behind you, so, so this is one of the things that has been done before is a concern I think was done a couple of weeks ago by, by one of these cryptocurrencies. There's a concept called a rug pull. And just as the name implies, if you're standing on a rug and someone pulls the rug out from under you, you're going to fall flat on your face. What a rug pull is, is this. So let's just use an example. Um, you start a cryptocurrency. You get marketing dollars behind you. You create all this hype. You get influencers to... Uh, to start talking about it, all of a sudden that piece of cryptocurrency starts gaining value. It ends up being on an exchange and then people start trading for it. You could even have some of your friends and yourself start trading this cryptocurrency up on an exchange, hoping to get momentum. So let's say you have, uh, just for round numbers, you have a million coins minted. You let, um, you let a hundred thousand out. You start doing all this money behind it and saying, "Okay, it's worth this." Oh my gosh, look, this is the greatest coin. What have you? As that coin starts going up in value, you still have all these coins yourself. 
you start selling those coins once it hits a value as the owner of that coin. So you get real US dollars for it, but you've dumped all these coins on there, of course, then, then you kind of crash the market, but you've pulled the money out of the market. And then the people that were investing, thinking that this was a real, had real momentum and real people behind it, their investment goes, let's say they bought in at $10 a coin and it goes down to a penny. That's a rug pull where the creators of the coin hype it up, get the value up, cash in all their coins and then leave. And then it craters the market. Yeah. That's there, called a rug pull. Yeah. There was, there was a um, situation that kind of occurred, I guess a cryptocurrency kind of associated with Netflix back in um, November, uh, 2021, November. Sorry. So this was um, uh, about, about coming up on uh, nine months now um, was at $2,500. And it went from $2,500 to <laughs> like a penny. And, um, yeah. you know, not funny for the people that, that are investing in it, right? But what the reason why I bring it up is because that one specific um, cryptocurrency was supposed to have some anti-dumping um, code written into it. Um, and, and so if someone were to try to do um, something like that... Um, the cryptocurrency would would curve or would restrict the dumping of the um, uh, of the actual token itself. Mm. Supposedly, um, token holders could only sell by also holding um, a second token. So there was a there was a check and balance, um, and uh, somehow um, somehow the founders of it made off with approximately three point three million dollars. Wow. And virtually no consequences to them. Yeah. Um, sad story. And, you know, it's a situation where you have these people who do stuff like this and they're undermining the technology. They're going out there for, you know, uh, very nasty reasons and doing things to make themselves rich. Um, and they're underpinning the technology that's there, the people who are willing to invest and build new markets you know, um, there's just no controls in place. In my opinion, there's no controls in place. But but we, what you were, what I was hearing you say was you do have some of these bad actors. Yep. Yep. Going absolutely. in and, and, and it is um, undermining the whole concept of cryptocurrency. Uh, as of now, um, myself... I would only invest what I plan on losing. <laughs> For sure. I, Cause, and if it seems like it's, if the money appears to be too easy, if it's too good to be true, guess what? It probably is. So um, I have seen some ridiculous statements about, Oh, you know, this is just a dip buying the dip and blah, blah, blah. Uh, boy. You know what? Uh, uh, none of this stuff is proven. I believe cryptocurrency is in one form or another going to emerge. I just don't know what it looks like. And uh, this is truly a case of caveat emptor. Buyer <laughs> beware, my friend. Absolutely. I think that's uh, a good way of putting it. And I think... You know, I think as, and you know, we talk about most of the time, we talk about um, two sides to the conversation. And most of the time it's, you know, um, the practical application and then how the technology works. I mean, usually that's our MO for this podcast. And I think over time, and you know, you can agree with me if you want or disagree with me, but I think technology will find a way to vet up the the um, the issues that are currently that currently exist yeah. within the platform, and like like what we're like what we were kind of talking about earlier with you know being there being um, some type of anti rug pulling technology or you know um, some anti um, you know dumping mechanism written into the code of not only the cryptocurrency itself but the blockchain. Um, and, mm -hmm. and I can't see how one would be written without the other. Um, but as, as, 
as technologies emerge and people keep losing money, I think these platforms are going to become more and more stable by building in controls to curtail bad actors. Yeah, and, and on, depending on how you look at it, depending on where you fall on the spectrum, um, this has totally opened the door for more government regulation and um, the advocacy of government-issued crypto coins. Because a lot of people have lost a lot of money, and so this is a prime example or a prime opportunity of saying we're going to protect you against this and we're going to replace it with ours yeah i would i would have to say that you know if if i were if anybody was asking me and this is just one man's opinion right but if anybody was asking me what are what are the the, the things that i would look at uh when it comes to you know investing in in cryptocurrency i i think maybe there's Maybe a couple of things. Look at the liquidity of it, right? Um, mm -hmm. Make sure that you can convert, um, you know, make sure it's not hard to convert coin uh, or assets into cash. Make sure that there's no, you know. Um, it's a good point. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah a make, really good point. make sure that there's no roadblock for whatever reason there. Um, always do background checks on, on everything, right? Um, that That's just common sense, though, for any investment. Um, yeah. But again, make sure you do your background checks. And then um, I think if I'm looking, I'm going to, as I'm doing my research for cryptocurrency, and, and I would probably ask everyone else to do this as well. I would never ask anybody to do something I wouldn't be willing to do. Um, disclosure, you know, anonymity, you know, being anonymous or, you know, anonymity is a red flag as far as I'm concerned. If, if you don't know who these people are who are running this specific exchange, don't invest in it. Um, People only disclose their, you know, the, the minimum amount of, of uh, information probably means that they have something to hide. And they're pro probably planning on doing something that's probably not, um, you know, considered to be very above uh, above water. So, you know, the, the, the warning signs for those three, you know, pillars of kind of uh, validating cryptocurrency, um, that's that's the rule I would follow. That's uh, I, I think those are great rules and I find it really interesting because the founder of Bitcoin is um, done an incredible job of staying anonymous <laughs> and that's kind of been the one that's that's really taken off. That's a very good point. Yeah. So it's um, hmm. well, I mean. You know, in into your point, a lot of people go to Bitcoin because they do have something to hide. In my opinion, I'm not yeah. not talking about the regular Joe Schmoes like you and I, but I'm I'm talking about other people who you know. I mean, there are we we have talked about you know um, security, um, information technology related security, ransomware um, has run rampant uh, within yeah. the industry and the. The, I would say the number one modality of payment is cryptocurrency. You know, I mean, these people are not, they're not very good people. No, no, no. And that was uh, part of our, part of our other podcast. And again, if you haven't uh, listened before, first of all, how dare you? Right. And, and, and second of all, get up to speed. Yeah. Cause we, cause we are awesome. Snap, snap. Han handsome and funny. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's true. There, the plus and the minuses uh, of, of crypto, but it is here in one form or another to stay. Right. Um, just keep your eyes open. So, um, so in short, if you were invested in crypto, you got a kick in the comas and gammas. Uh, but this is a watershed moment. Not the last one, I, I believe. I believe there's going to be more of these. But this was a huge um, correction, wake-up call, whatever you call it, in crypto. But it won't be the last. No, I don't think it will be the last. And I think it will take probably a couple more incidences, issues, um, 
infrastructure faux pas, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, yeah. To to vet it, and and you know what? I mean, look, I'm not the one investing. So for me, um, this is a exercise in infrastructure um, development. It really is. I yeah. Mean, it, it, you know, that's a great point, Tim. Because some people are looking at this strictly as an investment vehicle. Uh, where we're kind of seeing how the sausage gets made. Sausage, never, I mean, if you've ever seen sausage get made, it's a, it's not a pretty thing. No, and 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 this is not a pretty thing either. And and for those naysayers, I'm not really naysaying anything. Um, it, you know, the highest amount of risk is going to yield the highest return on investment. Usually, no matter what, whether it's right. buying, you know, uh, swamp land in Florida, and yes, I'm comparing it to buying swamp land in Florida. <laughs> to, to you know, really uh, going out there and saying, hey, you know what, this new tech startup, um, which, you know, um, has made it to its HRF round, whatever, and uh, they've got backers, you know, um, uh, hey, there's still some risk here. However, comma space, um, the risk is something that we're willing to absorb and we're going to make some money off of it because the strike price on a new, you know, stock will be, you know, $10. Will it go to 40? Will it go to 60? Will it go to 80? Time will tell. And I think there's a lot of people in crypto who are doing the same thing. I think yeah. they're looking at crypto and they're saying, you know what? Yeah, you know, there's there's going to be risk and I'm willing to put up that money. As you said, I this is money I'm willing to lose. But in lieu of that, you know, maybe it will be the next 50 or $100,000 per Bitcoin. Sure. Or per, per whatever, per... Um, you know, crypto, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, widget, right? Ooh, yes. And yeah. 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 Token. Token. Thank you. <laughs> Couldn't get it out per token. And, uh, and so be it. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. And Tim, that was a great segue because, uh, one of the other topics we talked about and your, your segue about Swampland, um, <laughs> is a great segue into one of the other topics we talked about that had a huge uh, watershed moment and that's NFTs. Yeah. Um, and, and craziness. And NFTs are kind of, I wouldn't say suffering the same challenges as, as cryptocurrency, but they kind of are. Yeah, they, they did, but they, yes. So, Again, take I think us through it, George. Take us okay, through it. okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, some of the NFTs are are cratering, but they had a huge success, kind of like a a Bitcoin moment, if you will. Um, NFTs again for for those of you um, who need to go back and listen to how brilliant we are um, are non fungible tokens. In short, it's a smart contract. And that contract gives you rights over a digital asset. And whether sometimes whether it looks pretty or not, <laughs> whether it looks pretty or not. Right. That's right. That's right. Um, and so NFTs have been out there. NFTs run on the blockchain. The blockchain, again, is what powers crypto. And the blockchain is a way to um, basically transact these smart contracts and these smart contracts are unique so it it guarantees the universe in which you're dealing with um and, and so uh nfts you know have been you could they make nfts of memes and we've talked about that before about how it's a digital picture and sometimes you have no rights over it at all it's just like basically a a digital baseball card um, or it can give you a lot of rights because it's a smart contract. So there's one universe of NFTs called Bored Apes. I don't know why it caught fire. All of a sudden, some celebrities started liking it. It's literally cartoon drawings of apes that look bored. Um, and there's a set number of it. So there's that feeling of exclusivity and perceived value. Um, some of these apes 
some of these pictures of apes because there there's only so many um some of these apes go for ridiculous money there's one uh board eight yacht club it said within the last 30 days the top one so one sold six days ago for 1.13 million dollars okay I'm now, just sitting here like shaking my head. Sorry. I just I'm looking at the I'm, I'm looking at the pictures of the bored apes and we're we're really talking about graphical cartoon like images of apes yeah. that actually look bored. I can't believe that this is what our podcast has come down to. But um... wait, wait, but wait, no, it gets better. <laughs> it gets it, it gets even more stupid, which is fantastic. So the guys from Board Ape Yacht Club, which is what this uh, universe is called, right? That you, mm-hmm. you, you share pictures. And the thing is with these apes, you can create hats for them and sunglasses. And I'm sure somebody's paying for all this nonsense. So whatever, you've got these apes perceived uh, exclusivity and rarity. And so all these people are paying all this money for it. These guys are freaking brilliant so what they did is they created a metaverse which is another podcast you should listen to they they created a metaverse um which as we described you really can't have a metaverse in one environment so this will be their stop on the metaverse uh name of the company's yuga labs that that started these board board apes they created a virtual uh, world, okay? And they started selling virtual real estate within this virtual world. Here we go. For your apes. This is, this now, is, this is Garbage Patch Kids run amok. Right, with money. With real money. With I mean yeah. not not that our parents didn't spend real money on garbage garbage patch kids or whatever the, you know, or, or whatever they are, but I mean even cabbage patch kids, right? They had they had trading yeah. cards as well. And so garbage pail kids, cabbage patch kids, back in the eighties, if you remember, um, you'd buy trading cards and parents went crazy because it was like a dollar or two dollars for a pack of like five or eight of them. This yeah, is or Pokemon, the, or Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah, this is this is the um, the digital equivalent, run amok. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean so, to interrupt you. I'm just trying no, to... no, no, no. That that puts incredible context on this because you're right. Because if you had a rare Pokemon card, woohoo! Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and but you maybe spent so much dollar, so much for it, and then you would trade it. So here's the cool part, and again, to get because it's a smart contract let's say that you bought the 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 pokemon card and um let's say xyz corporation or tim let's just say tim created this pokemon card okay and you bought the pokemon card and all of a sudden it turns out to be a really rare pokemon card and for some reason every kid wants that pokemon card and that card goes up to 1.13 million dollars well, as part of the contract, when that kid bought that Pokemon card, Tim can state, since he created that card, that he gets 10% of the sale price every time that card gets sold, which is brilliant, right? That gets added to the cost of whoever buys the card. So... Board Ape Yacht Club NFTs cost at launch about 190 bucks a piece. <laughs> um, today, I mean, and so CNET did a pretty good article. I like the guys over at CNET. You know, yeah, they, yeah, they do a good job. Yeah, they do a good job. And you know, every every year, with the exception of the last year, they're usually at CES, um, and uh, they they have a great presence there. And you know, they really try to. I think um, uh, demystify a lot of things in technology, and, and believe me, this is one of them. They did a pretty good article about a month ago. Um, the article was um, dated April twenty eighth, twenty twenty two. 
it's about you know a 10 minute read but um you know again let me just start off by saying that these nfts went for about 190 dollars at launch one <clears throat> was recently purchased um I can't believe I'm saying this. Um, <laughs> for $461,868. And yes, there was 42 cents at the backside of that. Oh, of um, course there was. So, I mean, um, this is a real thing. And uh, to George's point, um, you know, it is uh, it is what it is, right? Um, but, but there was a similar, there is a similar thing occurring within the nft space um that kind of uh, happened to uh, to bitcoin and that was um you know um people are looking at this uh not all the exchanges and and definitely i don't think it impacted and correct me if i'm wrong board ape um but you know there the prices are starting to drop off yeah and uh, yes on some of them uh and this is this is the there are going to be huge extremes on both sides. And this is where the volatility comes in. Um, things that are super expensive today, all that has to happen is people lose interest. And these could drop to zero. So the, the, board, ape yacht, yeah, the board Ape Yacht Club created their... Um, their metaverse where they were selling virtual land in a virtual world. Guess how much they made their first day? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I mean, clearly the sky's the limits. Yeah. Just guess. A million dollars. I'm so low. I know I am. <laughs> Higher. Let's play this game. Higher. $25 million. Not even close. Higher. Come on. Come on. One day. One day. One day, $100 million. Higher. No, no, now I don't even want to play this stupid game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> How much? So, $320 million. Now, so what they did is they created this world. And what they're thinking about doing is creating a real resort. And if you have the NFT, I don't know if you get to stay at this resort or whatever. Three, but it was so successful. $320 million worth of pretend land. You're basically buying stuff on a game board, right? Um, it crashed the Ethereum network. And what, what happens when it crashes a blockchain network? So Ethereum is also used, I believe, for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Yeah, yeah and I, I heard about this. It, it actually um, it actually crashed Ethereum for about three hours. And, and that was that was Bored Ape's um, specific situation that that broke Ethereum um, for three hours on that specific day. It was I think it was April 30th, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Yep. And so here's, but here's what happens on a blockchain. And this is, these are all terms that I was not aware of before. You have to pay what's called gas. Gas is the overhead for a transaction because there's a lot of computing power that goes into uh, the different keys and encryptions and security and all that other fun stuff of transferring the ownership of this token or this this asset from one ledger think of just like a, a regular accounting ledger right. from one ledger to another yeah it's it's the actual transaction fees is really what it boils down to right and that yeah. that's that's what it comes down to you know um the transaction fees and so in a normal day everything's running fine yeah, and but by the way, it, you need to mention that gas fees can, in in this context, <laughs> and in the real world, um, gas fees change. Typically, they're ten bucks, fifty bucks, a hundred bucks are typical fees. But 
when a demand goes up, right, for something like what we're talking about here, um, those fees can go up big time, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I believe some of the fees were as high as what they were buying. Yeah, yeah. I think I had heard in excess of the five to seven thousand dollars, which is just yeah. absolutely ridiculous. Sorry, I just I'm trying to wrap my head around that. Yeah, that, that's just the transaction fees on top of, of the purchase. What you yes. bought, yeah. Yep. And so, of course, just to make Tim's head, head explode even more, um, the Board Eight Yacht Club is looking to create to move off the Ethereum network, and they created an ape coin. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Which is actually gaining traction nothing makes sense anymore and it's all speculative so if all of a sudden one person you know decides if if, if one of these people were to actually uh go on and, and let's say they um they had a popular tv show or whatever and went Will you look at this? Is this the ugliest piece of junk you've ever seen? And all of a sudden, people go, yeah, wow. Hmm. And all of a sudden, it turns out that people don't like them anymore. Your entire investment, because this is all market-based and value perception-based, whatever you pay could go to... You just have to be aware of that possibility I'm sorry. when you get into this stuff. Say that again. It can go where? To zero. Oh, to zero. Yeah. 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 And uh, absolute zero. You know, and, and look, uh, I'm, I'm being very um, uh, I'm being very uh, level headed. Uh, that's see, that's that's the wrong word to use. That's the wrong word to use. <laughs> I'm being very um, old school thinking about this. I'm just going to I'm just going to say it. And, 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 and the reality of it is, is that a lot of this art is actually beautiful art. I mean, I'm, Some look, is, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at, you know, what other side, the, you know, the other side land uh, uh, has out there for the, the board yacht club. So basically the land that you would purchase or the, the, the area in which you can like let your apes play around in or whatever. Look, at the end of the day, the the art is beautiful art. They, they it looks like they've taken a lot of time to build this, and it's a product. and yeah, it's actually a famous uh, a, a semi a fairly famous uh, artist. Um, it's an Asian woman that, that I believe is pretty popular in the Asian art world. That and it looks beautiful. This. I mean, it's it's really yeah. nicely done. I mean, oh yeah. But but can I? Uh, what I'm personally having problems with is just wrapping my mind around the enormous amount of sums of money um, yes. that are going in and out of of this, you know, and the people who are involved, you know, Seth Curry, who you know, Eminem, <laughs> Jimmy Fallon, um, it, it, the list is um, pretty impressive. And, and this is this is documented. So, I mean, it's a uh, hey, you know what? If you have the money and you feel like the the risk is worth the reward, then then go for it. Um, I just I can't wrap my head around it. And, uh, you know, good luck to the people who, who do. But taking a step back again, for me, this is an exercise in infrastructure development. Um, this yeah. is yeah. what. You know, if I'm going to put it into perspective for the people who share my my um, very accurate opinion. No, I'm kidding. My opinion. <laughs> um, what the this, right opinion is the, what you meant to say. That's right. <laughs> that's right. It's accurate. It, this is this is what other technologies are build going to build their foundational components off of. This yeah. is how you get to Ready Player One. You know, if you if you if you long for that type of world where you have uh, cryptocurrency, you have um, metaverse, you have uh, a total immersive um, virtual re reality based environment, then you're going to have to go through 
this type of you know there's it's going to have to you're going to have to generate wealth and money to build the infrastructure whether it be infrastructure in code or whether it be infrastructure in hardware to run the code you're going to need this type of activity and so for me i'm going to let everyone else you know do the investment and then at the back side of it i'll be a user that will enjoy it right because the blockchain is the blockchain is the blockchain whether it's uh whether it's a crypto currency whether it's an nft they're right. basically smart contracts saying you have the right to something so that is infinitely beneficial and like we talked about before your house deed your uh you know any kind of contract wills whatever are going to be nfts based on the blockchain they just will um but there's going to be some pain in getting there and that's what we're seeing. We're just seeing all the mashings and the thrashing that has to go on in order to perfect this technology. Right. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think, I think that's where it's at. And so the, there's two technologies right there that we're kind of reflecting back on. Um, and, and there's, there's no time to, uh, to relax because even as you know, we talk even before we put probably this show to the public, um, <laughs> yeah. there will be things that change. Um, but we thought it was just kind of interesting that uh, it's kind of summing it up a little, you know, um, because of me be me getting sick, right, uh, and and uh, having uh, COVID for uh, two weeks and us not being able to do the show. It was just really interesting to see. <laughs> where we left off uh, and we're really just going to call it part two kind of um and, <laughs> yeah. and, and i swear that's what i'm going to call the show part two kind of uh on nfts and and uh, uh cryptocurrency because really this the story is nowhere done nowhere nowhere near being done but it's just so crazy how these two technologies have just changed in 30 days yeah well and to add one more log onto the fire we also did uh, a show on the James Webb Space Telescope. We did. And that is just starting. A, they're probably seeing some stuff but haven't really released it or what have you. But there is just news of uh, of some, some data that's coming into the Hubble Telescope that doesn't, is not making sense in terms of what we thought we knew. So science books are going to have to be online because they are changing so quickly. And what we thought we knew was a given isn't anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so what, what came out of the, um, the Hubble is that the universe isn't expanding the way we had thought it was. And so what does that mean to me and you? I don't know. But you know what? All these really smart guys that had told us this was a given, this was the way the universe works, um, it's they're being proven wrong. And, and that's the thing I think that is, is really fun and interesting but scary at the same time science is a collection of givens if you will at a point in time absolutely and to reinforce that um you know if you were to look at just the last seven days the last seven days with james webb <laughs> Yeah, the last seven days, uh, about a week ago, and this is again May twenty first. We'll, we'll, I will do my best to um, to release this podcast on May twenty first. Um, you know, a week ago, NASA says you know uh, James Webb Space Telescope is almost ready for science, um, and you know their final, you know, perfectly aligned their final alignment uh, and testing with all the instrument packages you know, we're, you know, pretty much done. This is a week ago. Okay. Um, six days ago, right? We're going from seven days ago to six days ago. Okay. <laughs> 17 modes of 
where you can place uh, James uh, J- James Webb into the final commissioning activities, right? All right, we're at six days ago. Now a day ago, James Webb uh, Telescope can now track moving targets in our solar system, um, which is something that wasn't really high up on the science uh, return for this you know, for this mission, it was more deep space, more, um, hey, how far into the redshift can we look? And we all know, or at least if you haven't been watching um, the science out there, um, we we have found a, a, a galaxy that's so far into the redshift that, you know, we never thought we could go that far into the redshift, meaning the farther back in time, the further in the spectrum into the redshift um, you know, those, okay. Yeah. Are. Okay. So, so explain the redshift a little bit. It's just, um, you know, we, when we look back in time or when we look farther, farther back into, um, the farther we look out into space, um, the farther back in time it is because it takes light longer to get to us, right? Because mm-hmm. it's farther away. Um, and, um, the farther things are from us, they, they accelerate. That's just the way it is. Um, and that's just the way our, um, our understanding of the universe works right now. Um, when, and, and, and one of the things that they discovered, because this, this is something that I have still kind of have a hard time wrapping my head around. Mm-hmm. So let's say there's an explosion and that light reaches us and you're like, Oh, okay. Well that happened. The light has reached us. Now what? there are still these infrared markers out there that may not be visible to a regular eye that tell us there was an explosion there. And that's what this red, that's why we can see in the past of light that's no longer there, but was there. There's right. like a signature of it. And that's yep. why we can look so far back. Yep, absolutely. And you know, okay. the farther into the redshift, that's a perfect example. And the farther into the redshift, we're able to ascertain, um, you know, how old an object is. Right. Um, right. So to make a long story short, because I didn't want to get into that part of it, but uh, and, and it's a very good part to get into. Um, we never really were looking at closer objects with J- uh, James Webb. We were always kind of focused on <laughs> no pun intended there. Hey, oh, uh, um, the the distant objects. Now, you know, we're able to, you know, track moving objects in our own solar system, adding, uh, you know, um, adding yet another tool to the bucket that James Webb has. And so within the last week, this conversation of what James Webb can do and the fact that it's almost ready to start doing what we've been talking and what we've been hoping it can can do, right? Um, Mm -hmm. That's actually occurring. It will be be really interesting to start seeing real images come out of this thing. I mean, real images. And, um, you know, stay tuned, right? Yeah, and it's, so I I had my uh, my eye exam today, and one of the things that um, that hit me, and this so this this is kind of the fun stuff to throw out there, and for to get into people's heads, um, and again, if uh, if you're high, this <laughs> this may take you down a different road or whatever, <laughs> but um, it, it occurred to me. That, you know, we're checking my eyes and how the optic nerves and, and receptors and all that stuff. If there is uh, another animal or creature or whatever, and this is kind of what what the James Webb is doing. The colors that we perceive are through our um, receptors, right. if you will. Right. The greens that we see, the blues that we see those are not necessarily the full spectrum of color. Those are just the colors we can perceive. Correct. And so it would blow my mind and I would love to see it. Maybe this is like what AI eyes are going to give us is what the full spectrum of color would look like. You know, so, so like our pictures and what we perceive is absolutely beautiful and flawless now. And it's kind of, you know, here's a good, I think here's a good example. When you went from a regular TV to uh, a 4K TV, 
some people were not nearly as attractive as they had been before <laughs> because <laughs> because you can see flaws you, you can, can see the, the pores yeah. yeah you can see the makeup and and the prosthetics and whatever else they had on and so um james webb has kind of given us a, uh another set of eyes that we can't see but we know is out there so i just want to tie that in uh, I think that's a I think it's a great tie-in. I mean, you know, at at the at the end of the day, the bottom line, when we're talking about any type of uh, ob- observing, right? A redshift reveals how an object in space, whether it be a star, whether it be a planet, whether it be a galaxy, is moving in comparison to us. And I think it's a great point, George. Um, it it lets us see, it lets astronomers see and measure the distance for most for the most distant and you know therefore the oldest objects in our universe that's the best way to kind of put it down lay it down as an explanation yeah and this is all this is going to change everything it really is With, within the next all the stuff we're talking about and we, we we had talked you know we had a show on ai as well can you imagine in 10 years what common knowledge is going to be it's going to be so different than what it is today. I swear to God, in 10 years, if I'm still talking about bored apes, though, I'm going to really have a problem with that. <laughs> a bored ape may be elected president by then. Who knows? Oh, you just went political. <laughs> no, I, I, no, no, I did. You know, here's, here's, I, I didn't really, I didn't really, because he, here's, uh, there was just an article that I read. Back in, I'm kind of dating myself here. Back in, I think, the 80s, there was a character, I think it was a Coca-Cola ad, Max Headroom. Oh, yeah, Max Headroom. I love it. And he was kind of the first pretend AI guy, mm-hmm. right? Where yeah. he would he would answer people, and he had, they actually did interviews with him, and it was kind of computer-generated when computers were first there, so it was pixelated. But Max Headroom. And so the reason I, I so I was thinking about Max Headroom. This I'm giving you an insight into into the bag of squirrels in my head here. Um, I, I was thinking Max Headroom, and then you said bored apes. I'm like, what if they made a bored ape like a Max Headroom, where a bored ape could talk with AI? And I'm like, you know, that may have a chance of getting elected president. So it wasn't towards any particular political party or anything but if you had uh an articulate bored ape with a pretty snappy wardrobe political consultants could do a lot with that oh i i i i i have no comment on this (laughs) (laughs) and and i am completely sober right now i just need to say that which i which which i don't know if that's a plus or a minus but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anywho it's great um, this is awesome this is one of the best yeah, podcasts and- <laughs> that we've done i think it is this is um, great it- i just i have some i have some are we are we about done with this because i do have some updates for our listeners and i just wanted to kind of throw it out there and it may it may even be a surprise to you so i just wanted to if, if oh yeah if we've talked through um the nfts uh the crypto the blockchain and um, you know, obviously, uh, what, what some of the events of James, James Webb in summary, um, and then obviously our uh, our our departure our departure to um, you know uh, having the conversation about uh, where our political system is going in the next couple of years. <laughs> um, I do have some updates, but I, I want to make sure that we've we fully vetted these these five topics first. Yeah, and the only uh, other thing I would like to make people extremely uncomfortable about is <laughs> <laughs> is since uh, we had our podcast on artificial intelligence, yeah, um, that effort has uh, moved forward at an exponential rate, um, unbeknownst to us, and as we stated, I do not believe is going to turn into the Terminator but will be either completely indifferent or use us as a slave race to continue their AI progression. I absolutely agree with that. So 
yeah, that's just moving forward at an exponential rate. So excellent. <laughs> well, for those of you who have been listening to us, uh, you know that you we have been able to you you can get to us via Podbean and of course by Spotify. We are now live on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio oh, as well. Yeah. So we are expanding. Um, you know, as we go through this. Uh, we're expanding not only how we record the show and and what we, what we bring to the show as far as uh, topics and uh, um, guests, but uh, you know we're expanding you know uh, what uh, networks we're on and and what uh, uh, how how you can reach us. So um, just wanted to throw that out there, and uh, we'll be we'll be continuously working to make this show more accessible and uh, expand expand what we offer. Yeah. Yeah, that oh, that's that is really fun. Yeah, good stuff. All right, this has been fun, George. Anything <laughs> yeah, else? I think I think we covered enough. <laughs> I think we I think we did. Um, our next show, uh, I think we're going to touch on. So right now, uh, the Munich Audio Show is going on uh, in Munich, uh, Germany. Awesome. Yeah, and um, I think. Uh, what we want to talk about in the next uh, show or, or something that we're looking forward to in the next couple of shows is uh, really talking about, you know, audio formats and music, you know, on these different platforms that we're on, uh, like Amazon Music, like Spotify. You know, um, a lot of people consume music. They listen to music mm-hmm. on those platforms. And, you know... What have we gained and what have we lost with technology? Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to expand on that a little, George, before we? Yeah, I, I, I do. Because um, I think that growing up, you know, you're used to what you've been exposed to. Um, and for people of a certain age, all that they know is streaming music through their phone um airpods or 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 headphones or what have you and those are decent quality really i mean overall they're 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 okay quality but what gets missed and this is why you really why you want to tune in and i know for some of you guys like oh, i don't care about this blah, blah, blah. you would <laughs> And again, this this ties in to the whole thing we just talked about color perception. I think this is a good tie into that, because if you think that all you see is what you can see through your eyes and then what happens is you're exposed to a James Webb where it has sensors that sees things that you don't. It's similar to to what we're going to be talking about in in the audio world. Right. If, If all you've ever done is listen to. Um, to streaming files and through little headphones or AirPods or little earpods. And then you sit in front of a real audio system and hear music coming through real speakers at different, with different amounts of data transfer so that there's more data either through an album or we're going to talk about different file formats. It is like you've hear, you're hearing music for the first time. Agreed. It is, yeah. it is, it is that big a difference. And, you know, I was thinking about that today because where you would hear it, it would be like an acoustic guitar. If you hear an acoustic guitar live in person, not necessarily through an amplifier, the string is vibrating. You feel the vibration. You actually feel it in your body. Your entire body is acting as a receptor. When you have headphones in, you hear it. Right. And and this equipment that Tim's talking about, it's. I I hate to say that it's retro, because some of it is, but the technology has gotten better. But it's a different experience it's very highly resolving type of technology and and, and, but it's an experience yep for sure and and it's almost like um again listening to it with your ear rather than listening to it 
through your body, you know? And so this is going to be, if you haven't been exposed to this world, um, I recommend you listen to it because it's, it, hopefully it might open, open this experience up to you. And if you do get into it, you will definitely have to open your wallet up to it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but you'll be happy to because it's, it's, it's an experience. All right. Well, um, that's a good summary. Um, we're going to wrap up the show. All right. Yeah. Well, and thank you everybody. That's, uh, that's stuck with us and, and please tell your friends. And tell all my friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much. I guess. That's yeah. It. Yeah. All right. Till next time. Till next time.